good guys. How we doing? It is here. It is officially draft week. Freaking stoked. I don't know about you. Um, wow. It has been... It's been a bit. It has been a wild off season. Uh, it's never not. And it's still going to be pretty wild, I'm guessing. Um, I am going to assume that we're going to have crazy off-season stories pretty much forever. I think that's just that kind of comes with the territory at this point of uh, being a 49ers fan is there is drama. There's always drama. There's always a story. Content creators rejoice. I'm personally not about all that. I'm not really about clickbait. I think it's a lot more... It's, I'm, I've never been interested in drama. I've always found it to be a lot more interesting on trying to understand things and get a, get a better understanding of something. So that's how I've really approached this draft. And <clears throat> I really hope it shows. Um, I hope that I've given you guys some good t- content. Um, I hope that as you've been listening... Um, I've tried to do a good job. It's been very difficult. I mean, I've, I've tried to be upfront about that. This is a hobby and a passion of mine. This is a passion project, but I work a full-time job. Um, you know, I have a personal life. I adopted a puppy uh, the day before the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I've got a, a girl who's very special to me. We've been together for over two years now. Um, so... You know, and then trying to manage all that and, you know, through this whole thing that's been this pandemic the last two years and trying to stay physically and mentally healthy, it's really, it's, it's a lot on the plate. So I really hope that if you are listening to this, you know, you're one of the 10 or 20 or 30 people, you know, every week I see I got my 20 downloads. Uh, I just want to give you a, a, a sincere and authentic thank you. Because uh, I really appreciate it. And there's definitely times where sometimes I don't feel like doing this. Um, sometimes I'll just take a week or a week and a half and not do anything. Just because I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get away from football. Um, but you know what? We are super fans. And somehow just the game of football, it tugs at our heart. And we just can't get away from it because it's the best sport. So... Very excited. Very, very excited for the draft. Uh, It still hasn't really quite hit me yet that I'm going to be in Vegas uh, here in, gosh, two days. Um, Yeah, so it's it's 9.50 at night right now. I wanted to get out a podcast before I left because tomorrow I go to work, I get home, I pack, and then I wake up at 2 a.m., and drive two hours to Seattle to get on a flight at 6 a.m. <laughs> and fly to Vegas. And uh, I will be in Vegas around 9 a.m. on Thursday. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be at the Luxor, uh, which is, I think, right next to the Mandalay Bay. I'll be going to John Chapman's. 49ers draft, uh, 49ers rush, road trip, party, whatever you want to call it, the huge NFL draft party uh, that 
John Chapman and the 49ers rush masterminded. So I'm really excited to go to that party. Uh, my girl's coming with me. One of our neighbors is going to babysit the dog. So that's awesome. Uh, good to have friends and people willing to help out. So the two of us, we're going to Vegas. We're going to go to the party, uh, get a chance to meet Fred Warner. Super excited about that. It's, it's not really, it's still not quite clicking yet. How cool this is going to be. Like I understand it, but I haven't quite, not quite feeling it. You know, it doesn't quite feel real yet. I have a feeling when I'm standing next to Fred Warner with me being five foot eight and him being like a six foot three <laughs> NFL all pro linebacker, I'm going to be like, holy shit, this is awesome. And uh, yeah, like meeting Fred Warner, meeting Elijah Mitchell, watching day one of the draft, big party. It's going to be awesome. Uh, probably going to do uh, a bit of hiking out there in Vegas. Vegas has is actually well known for its hiking and I've got an aunt who lives out there. So I'm going to try and get a hike in because um, there's some beautiful hikes around there. And then day two, day two, same thing, going to the draft party. Uh, I'm excited that I think I'll have a chance to speak during some of that. And day two of the draft is going to be fun. Uh, the Niners have three picks. We're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, I highly doubt that they pick at 61, uh, 95, and 103 or whatever it is. I'm like 95% sure they're going to trade at least once. Uh, I would put the over-under on two. <laughs> I would not be surprised if they made two trades on day two. Um, but yeah, so that'll be day two of the draft. I'll be at that draft party. Hopefully I have a chance to hop on. Um, you know, obviously I encourage you to watch the live streams. Um, after the 49ers do their draft picks, I will probably start crunching more film. I've pretty much exhausted uh, myself from watching film. Up to this point, I don't know how many hours, but I've got over 10, I've got 10 pages of notes, notes on like 60, 70 prospects, something like that. And, uh, you know, there's only so much that you can do in your spare time. <laughs> uh, it did definitely show me and uh, I got to give another thank you and shout out to Chapman for uh, putting my notes in his draft guide. So Chapman put out his his draft guide, which is, let me see here, I think 60 something pages. What is it here? I've got my I've got my five draft guides here. <laughs> 67 page draft guide from John Chapman. Um, I know he didn't use all my notes, but I sent him about 10 pages of my, of my own personal thoughts and notes. Um, so I feel honored to be featured in that. And uh, yeah, we are officially here. We are officially here. I've got five draft guides on my computer, my own personal notes, plus all the time and energy that I spent scouting, getting ready for this. And I can't wait. It's finally here. Um, so if you're somebody who's interested in all the drama clickbait, I'm sorry, but this is not the podcast for you. I've been much more interested in 
trying to put my own kind of GM cap on, understand how the how the Niners like to draft and where I think the holes and the fits might be. And also trying to see, like, do I actually have a knack for this, you know, kind of scouting thing? Because uh, I never really played football growing up. I played about a month in middle school, but football was never really part of my life growing up. Didn't really have a chance to get into sports. Um, it's probably one of my regrets from growing up is that I didn't play enough sports. And uh, I fell in love with football when I was 21 years old, you know, grown up, moved out, moved to California, started rooting for the Niners when they hired Jim Harbaugh. And here we are 11 years later, (laughs) 11 years into my fandom. Uh, So didn't really play, never coached. Um, but apparently I'm enough of an obsessive fan that I got a podcast. I'm helping contribute to draft guides. I'm going to Vegas. Um, and it's fun. You know, this, this whole scouting thing has just been so fun. And I think that that, that's been the reason why I've been able to do all this, um, and keep coming back to it. You know, the fact that I really do enjoy it. Uh, it's been awesome. So again, I just wanted to say thank you. And I realize it's probably a nine minute rant and you looked at the title of this and you didn't see Brian goes on a nine minute rant about why he loves football and the draft. Um, and you probably came here for the news of the upcoming draft. So let's get into that. Like, subscribe, comment, uh, share, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies and tell them to subscribe. Uh, I appreciate all of you, but let's get into what little news we got this week before the draft comes. And again, I just want to come in before the draft because tomorrow is going to be crazy. It's a packing day. Day after that, I'm flying to Vegas. It's day one of the draft. Then it's day two of the draft. And then it's day three of the draft. And my next podcast will probably be coming out Saturday or Sunday, recapping the draft. And then we're going to get into film breakdowns on who these guys got, you know, who did the, who are the 49ers going to draft? I've tried to figure it out. Uh, I got, I got some general ideas just based off of obviously all the rumors and the news and you know how it is. You, You listen to all these Niner podcasts and you hear news around the around the NFL and rumors and, you know, you, you, you kind of get an idea about where the team might go. You never really know. Cause the draft is always kind of crazy, but John Lynch, he spoke to the media yesterday on Monday. And I think the funniest thing, it was, <laughs> it was kind of funny. He, he basically started out with five minutes of his kind of like opening statements of, Hey, you know, like really excited to be here. We're really excited about where we are as an organization. We felt like we were really close last year and we've continued to build. And every year we just try and get a little bit better. And this draft, this is what we like about this draft is that we feel like it's a really deep draft in the middle rounds, which is where we've been so good is where we feel the strength of the draft is. And we've been doing so much preparation and so much scouting and we're prepared for every option. And we feel very confident and good about our position heading into this draft, you know, basically giving us the whole, um, the whole song and tap dance about, um, you know, about how, how, 
how confident and how good they feel. And I don't hate it. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I've been, some people are just so freaking critical of Shanahan and Lynch. And I totally understand being critical when they deserve it. But we also got to take a look and kind of realize what they've done with this organization since they took over. Before Shanahan and Lynch took over, it was three absolutely abysmal, pitiful, sad, depressing years where the team was horrid. It was I remember because I started watching the Niners the year Harbaugh took over. Three straight NFC Championship games, a Super Bowl appearance, then his fourth year things started to fall apart, and then it was just a shit show after that. Because we had Thomas Sula and we had Kelly, and it was it was just bad. And they lost all these good players and the roster just got decimated. And uh, when Shanahan and Lynch took over the roster, this was, I don't know if it was the worst roster in the NFL, but it was pretty dang close. And what did they do? They took one of the worst rosters in the NFL and they made them, they took them to a Super Bowl. It took them three years, year one, you know, get a get a couple building blocks, and in the second half of the season, you get Jimmy. Year two, Jimmy tears his ACL. They get some more building blocks. You draft Nick Bosa. Year three, Jimmy's healthy. You have an average quarterback, an elite defense. You've turned around this team. You're in the Super Bowl, and you're 10 minutes away from winning it. Like, that is extremely impressive to turn around one of the worst rosters in the NFL and get them to a Super Bowl in three seasons. And then after that, the next year, they had one of the worst injury-riddled seasons in years. I think I remember reading somewhere that the 2020 season, uh, the Niners had like the most start like games lost to injury in like 15 or 20 years. So it was just like an unprecedented amount of injuries. And then this year, we made it to the NFC Championship. Again, with an average quarterback, like the fact they've made two NFC championships and a Super Bowl in the last three years after a total rebuild, I think you got to give them some credit. You can criticize them. And I do have some criticisms, uh, but people who are like fire Lynch, fire Shanahan, they don't know what they're doing. They're just idiots and they're messing everything up. Like, do you really want to go back to Trent Baalke, Jim Thomasula? Like, really? Is that what you want? Chip Kelly? Is that what you're looking for? Because I will take Shanahan and Lynch pretty much every day. Do they do everything right? No, nobody does. But they have been one of the most successful teams in the last four years uh, in the NFL. How many other teams can boast that they've made two conference championship games and a Super Bowl in the last three or four years? Like how many teams the NFL? Three or four? Like legitimately? Like how many? Like a couple? Like, let's see here. Chiefs, uh, the Rams. Um, yeah, is there another team that's made multiple championships and a Super Bowl appearance? Uh, let's see here. I know Tampa Bay. 
they won a Super Bowl. But I think it's only been it's only been one because they didn't make the they didn't make the championship. So yeah, I mean, have we won a Super Bowl? No, we haven't. But you know what? As a franchise, we've we've been on on the doorstep of winning a Super Bowl twice in the last three years. We're so close, and now we got our quarterback of the future. And yes, there's some drama because there's always some drama. But you know what? I think they've done a good job. And personally, I give them the benefit of the doubt until they royally fuck it up. Are there things that I want to criticize them about? Yeah. I would have traded and or cut Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. Did they maybe botch the Debo Samuel contract? Maybe. Who knows? It's still way early in the process. Like, yeah, all this crazy news is coming out. But at the same time, like the Niners have given top of the market deals to elite level players multiple times over the last few years. They paid Jimmy. They paid Kittle. They paid uh, Fred Warner. They paid uh, Trent Williams. They gave all of them top of the market contracts. They pay guys. You know? So just the, the silly overreactions of the internet crazy people. Um, and I, I know that's it's it's just a minority of people who are crazy like that. But don't don't let them take over because this franchise is in good hands. It's not perfect, but nobody is. This franchise is in good hands. But anyways, uh, going back to it, John Lynch starts off with his five minute flower speech about how confident they feel and how excited they are about the draft and how prepared they are. And then I love this. He goes, and by the way, I, he, he dives right into it. He's like, I know you're going to ask about Debo and I am not going to answer questions about it. (laughs) Uh, the word of the day was particulars. Because he was he was not going to get into the particulars of the Debo situation. I think he said particulars about five times. It was pretty funny. I'm pretty sure that uh, that was like the word of the day where John Lynch, when he woke up and, you know, he did his like 150 push-ups that he does every morning because he's just so motivated. And uh, he took his his daily word of the day and he was like, word of the day is particulars, meaning details. And he's like, hmm, how am I going to use the word particulars today? And he's like, ha, I will not be discussing the particulars of the Debo contract situation, the particulars of the negotiation process, the particulars of this. So the word of the day was particulars. And uh, I got to give the media credit because John Lynch is like, I really appreciate you understanding. I'm not going to answer these questions. I'd appreciate you if uh, you didn't ask. And then the media proceeded to ask about five straight Debo questions. <laughs> it was literally like 10 minutes of him just going like, I, I, I'm i not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. Not going to get into that. Not going to get into that. Blah, 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 blah. I, I personally uphold the sanctity of the negotiation process. I think that is between our people and his people. And I am not going to discuss that with the media. I appreciate you doing your jobs, but I'm not going to discuss the particulars. So there we go. And that was that. And he pretty much didn't answer anything. Um, honestly, what I got out of it is Debo is going nowhere. And what it comes down to is Debo is not for sale. 
he ain't for sale. He's under contract. He's not for sale. They want to keep him. He's not for sale. Has anybody ever tried to buy something from you that you didn't want to sell? That's the situation that we're in. It's like, yeah, we like him. He's under contract. We're going to work out a deal. Oh, so how much are you selling it for? We're not. Okay, but you like how much? Like, he's not for sale. Okay, but what about like a second round pick? Uh, No, he's our all pro wide receiver. We love him. He's under contract. We're working out a deal. We will work out a deal. He's not for sale. Okay, but like what about a first round pick? Okay, I don't think you heard what I said when I said Debo is, he's not for sale. Like, he's under contract. We love him. He's an all-pro wide receiver. He is our offense. He is everything we want. He's not for sale. Well, what about, like, three first-round picks? You know, he's not for sale, but three first-round picks, that's, that's kind of the situation, that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting is Debo's not for sale, and if you want Debo, you're going to have to overpay because we're not selling him. Like, it's like if somebody offers to buy your car, but you like your car, you're like, yeah, it's not for sale. They're like, yeah, but I want to buy your car. You're like, that's cool. I don't want to get rid of it. Like, I like my car or whatever it is. It's like, it's how much, how much does it cost to buy something that's not for sale? A lot more than it would normally cost. So I don't think Debo gets moved. If he does get moved, uh, it's it's going to be for a lot. Because what I've heard, different sources, you know, whether it be like the Schefters or whoever, like the, the most official, legit sources that I've heard, uh, whether that be like The Athletic or someone official from ESPN, is uh, the Jets are willing to give up 10, but that hasn't happened yet. And uh, 35, 38, and 69 is not going to happen. So basically, the 49ers, if you even want to come and ask about Debo, it's probably going to be like two first-round picks. So, yeah, there you go. You want Debo, it's going to cost you two first-round picks. And you're going to have to figure it out in the next two days because then you'll have to work out a contract and Debo's going to have to want to extend if you want to even do that because who's giving up two first round picks if they don't think that they can work out a deal with Debo? Well, yeah, we'll, we'll trade you to the, the Lions for two first round picks. And guess what? Debo's not going to sign an extension, so the Lions aren't going to do that. The Jets going to do that? I don't know. I, I ultimately, I was listening to, uh, who was it? I want to say it was like Javier Vega or whatever. Um, I forget the name of their podcast, but I was listening today and I think the timeline that they put together on this whole Debo thing was there was never quote an official deal and what's kind of been pieced together. And I heard this today says this, this is not my thought. This is their thought. Basically what they put together was Shanahan and Lynch budgeted for a Debo extension, but they probably didn't expect that he was going to have an all pro season. So they were probably thinking before the season, you know, maybe we'll try and work out a deal for 12 million or so after the season. Uh, they didn't know how much they were going to have to offer. And then the market went crazy and they were like, well, we don't want to do an offer yet because we, we haven't, we didn't necessarily plan 
basically like they hadn't planned on it being this big of a deal. And so maybe the agent was like, well, come on, like give me a starting point. And then the Niners were like, I don't know, like maybe 19 million a year. And then the agent's like, no, that's, that's not a real offer. And then Debo ends up with that post going, if it ain't 25 mil, we're not interested. And maybe Debo felt insulted by that. And maybe that's why he requested the trade. And then the, the Lynch con or the Shanahan comments about using him as a, none of it really makes sense. The only thing that kind of makes sense is that the Niners didn't expect Debo was going to be that cost that much. And so when they maybe came out with a quote unquote unofficial deal around 19 million, the agent said, fuck that. And then Debo said, fuck that. And then Debo said, if that's how you, if that's how you're going to treat me, trade me. And then the Niners were like, no, oh, hey, hey, you know, we get deals done in July. And Debo's like, no, nah, fuck that. I don't want to I don't want to break my foot again in the offseason if I don't have a deal done. So maybe that's what it is. I really don't know. I still think the whole Debo situation is weird. I don't think he's going anywhere. And if he does, again, it we're talking two first rounders uh, or, you know, a a high first, like a top 15 pick, uh, a high second, plus another pick, like maybe a second next year. Like we're talking, it's probably going to take at least a first and two seconds for Debo. And I've heard they want two firsts. And again, like that's assuming that that team that he goes to is even able to work out a contract extension. So I don't think it's going to happen. I could be wrong. Maybe drafting happens and uh, pick number nine comes up on the board and then it's pick number 10. Hey, look, the pick's been traded. Debo Samuel to the Jets for pick number 10, 35 and next year's first. Um, And it's like, holy crap, it did happen. Didn't expect that to happen. So I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. Um, But the vibe that I got from Lynch was that he was uncomfortable discussing everything, which is why he didn't want to discuss it. And that Debo's not going anywhere because he's under contract for another year and the Niners want him because he's an all pro wide receiver who their offense was like he's he is 2000 yards of production. The Niners do not make the playoffs or the NFC championship without Debo like that just does not happen. They want him. They're going to figure this out. And you know what? If they can't figure it out this year, Debo's going to play and then they'll tag and trade him. And if Debo holds out, then he's still under contract for another year because of the CBA. So that's that. I think, honestly, the the biggest things for me, though, of the entire uh, press conference and John Lynch was up there. McGlinchey went up there, Fred Warner was there, and so was Elijah Mitchell. The two biggest things that really stood out for me was that John Lynch said uh, no final word yet on Alex Mack, and I don't remember the exact verbiage, but something along the lines of I don't like giving announcements for players and he's going to come out and have an announcement in due time, which to me sounds a lot like Joe Staley's last year. He hasn't made a final decision yet, but he will announce when he's blah, 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 blah. And then we found out on day two of the draft that Joe Staley had retired after they traded for Trent Williams. So to me, what this tells me is that Alex Mack is probably retiring. Um, It's a huge bummer if that ends up being the case, because 
we could really use a all decade veteran center, even if he is past his prime. I could really, really like having Alex Mack under center for at least one more year with Trey. Um, but it sounds like he's going to retire. And if that ends up being true, then I expect one of the Niners first. I expect one of the Niners day two picks on Friday to be for an interior offensive lineman. Uh, they've said that Dan Brunskill can play center. We also still have um, Jake Brendel, who was the backup center last year. So, yeah, pretty much uh, I, I am convinced at this point that we will be drafting one of the interior offensive linemen uh, on day two of the draft. Like one of those three picks is going to be on an interior offensive lineman, whether that be a guard, a center, it's going to be. Um, some names to keep an eye out for, uh, obviously Dylan Parham out of Memphis, uh, Cam Jurgens out of Nebraska, Luke Fortner out of Kentucky, Donovan West out of ASU, Arizona. Um, let's see here. Who else is there? I know I'm missing one. Uh, Cole Strange out of Chattanooga. And there's also Alec Lind, not, is it Alec Lindstrom out of Boston College? Yeah, because Linderbaum is the first rounder. I don't think Linderbaum is going to be available when we pick. Uh, maybe if he falls into like the 40s or the 50s, we trade up for him because he's considered one of the best center prospects, especially in an outside zone system um, in recent time. Um, but yeah, I would say keep an eye out for those names in the draft. I think those are going to be kind of the guys that the Niners target. So again, realistically... I would not be surprised on day two if we have, um, again, like Cam Jurgens, Dylan Parham, Cole Strange, uh, Donovan West, Luke Fortner, Alec Lindstrom. Like one of those guys, I'd not be surprised if one of those goes and they end up being uh, either a starting right guard or... Um, a starting center or left guard. <clears throat> um, I'm kind of mentally penciling in <clears throat> Aaron Banks at left guard um, since they did spend a second rounder. Um, but yeah, if we lose Mac, then who's going to be center? Who's going to be right guard? That was that was to me one of the biggest stories. Was it sounds like Alex Mack is retiring? So just like mentally, I am pretty much prepared that the Niners are going to draft a center or at the very least an interior offensive lineman with one of their first few picks. Like it's, it's going to happen in the second or third round. Um, the other thing that I, that really stood out for me was just Mike McGlinchey, Mike McGlinchey coming in and looked awesome. Just looked freaking awesome. And he had just the look that he had and the tone of his voice. It really told me that he is feeling good. And you can sometimes like, you know what I mean? Where you, you talk to somebody and sometimes you can tell that they're kind of putting on a BS show. And other times you can tell that people are just genuinely and authentically in a great place and they feel great about where they are. That was Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey, to me, 
looked and sounded like he was way ahead of schedule. And it sounds like he's going to be ready to go for training camp, which is really good news considering that he ripped his quad off of his freaking bone. So, you know, he's been working out, he's been rehabbing, and he just, he looked and sounded good. He's been working out. And he should be full go on training camp. So, that makes me so excited. The fact that he said that he's basically full go working out right now. He's full go. He's not even really rehabbing as much anymore. He's just training and, like, rebuilding his body. Uh, so for the next two and a half, three months till training camp, he's just going to continue to work to get into better and better shape. He thinks he's probably going to be in, you know, potentially the best shape of his life because he, since he got hurt, you know, this, this is basically what he said was that because he got hurt, uh, he didn't have the, all the wear and tear of his body of playing football into January and he's been rehabbing since November and then just training and getting healthy. So he says that he feels great. Uh, his knee, he said that he, uh, getting his knee done. Um, it probably added, added it, it not just corrected the initial issue, but it was basically, he was saying that his knee had been kind of bothering him for a while, just you know, being such a large human and playing the position that he was, that is just joints and stuff wear and that it's feeling great. So that makes me very happy. I am super stoked to see that McGlinchey looks like he's going to be back. So right tackle to me is no longer as pressing of a need. Uh, center is now an immediate need. So Chances are we're going to draft a center or a guard, and I think tackle is probably not going to be as big of an issue, just judging by how McGlinchey sounded and feels and uh, the fact that he's probably two months ahead of his rehab and uh, where we all were wondering what's up with McGlinchey, what's up with McGlinchey, because we didn't hear anything about him for months. Um, he's been rehabbing and he's doing great, so I'm freaking stoked about that. Uh, Fred Warner talked for a little bit. He didn't say anything crazy, uh, but you know, Fred Warner, it's always good to hear him talk. I can't wait to meet him. Uh, Elijah Mitchell talked. Uh, he did speak on how he had his knee cleaned up, uh, that he was playing injured for probably the last two, three months of the season. Uh, and he wants to get up to, uh, between like closer to 215 pounds being his playing weight. And then last season he was playing around 200. Um, I don't think that, yeah, so, I mean, that's good news. You know, we had a chance to talk to Eliza, hear from Elijah Mitchell. Uh, the other thing is just that they did exercise Bosa's fifth-year option. It ended up being uh, just under $18 million, uh, and that is fully guaranteed. Um, they can start negotiating with Bosa pretty much immediately. I would not be surprised if they end up coming out with a deal with Bosa this offseason. Um Honestly, wouldn't be really surprised at all if they end up with like a Bosa extension announcement in July. Uh, just because you do the fifth year option doesn't mean that you stop negotiating. It doesn't mean that you need to hold off on negotiating. So, yeah, exercise the fifth year on Bosa. Um, 
But yeah, that's pretty much it. Again, I just wanted to come in here uh, before the draft and just get out one final pod because uh, the next one is going to be talking about who we drafted and then we're going to start doing uh, some more scouting analysis. So that's going to be fun as well. I'll get a chance to scout from a new knowing who we actually have versus trying to get an idea about players and seeing who the fits are. And uh, yeah, but it's going to be fun. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see if they are going to draft somebody who I've actually scouted or if they're going to just like take us out to something out of left field again. Like I did not see Aaron Banks. I did not see Trey Sermon coming. Um, I did, I did have Elijah Mitchell as one of the guys that I liked. I liked Ambry Thomas as like a developmental corner. Um, but yeah, I mean like Aaron Banks and Trey Sermon, those were out of kind of out of left field and didn't really expect them. Didn't think they were even a fit. So didn't even look at them like twice, but, uh, yeah. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, but yeah, it's going to be wild. It's going to be fun. I hope that you enjoy, um, just watching the draft. It's fun. This is, this is the time of the year when you're allowed to have hope. Like every franchise is allowed to have hope during the draft. Cause you know, it's like you get to add all this, this new, potential that's the it's the big thing is potential and as far as what they end up becoming we never really know usually you don't know how good a draft prospect or a pick or a player really is until about their third full season sometimes you know right away sometimes you know sometimes you don't but i would say realistically that uh most players it's hard to know truly how good of a pick it is until the third year um, you know, when they played three season, you typically know what you're getting, but right now it's, it's all just hope and potential and it's fun. It's a fun time to be a fan. So I really hope you enjoy the draft. I know I will. Um, I hope you've got all your draft guides ready. I hope you've got your, your YouTube pulled up so you can start watching all the highlight videos and, uh, you know, you get to listen to all your favorite content creators and whatnot, but, uh, it's going to be a good time. And I know day one is probably not going to be super exciting. Uh, but day two, I'll bet day two is going to be pretty exciting. Maybe we get a Jimmy G trade on day two. Um, that would be pretty sweet. If we end up with a Jimmy G trade, uh, we might end up with, uh, an Alex Mack retirement speech, um, or at least announcement on day two. So those are probably two big things that will happen. And as far as Debo goes, like if Debo is not traded, um, in my opinion, in the first 20 picks, then it's not happening uh, because they're not they're not giving away Debo. Again, Debo is not for sale. If you want to buy his contract and his rights, it's going to cost a lot because he's not for sale. You know, I think that's pretty much everything. Um, yeah. It's draft week, baby. <laughs> All this. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Going to Vegas, bringing the laptop. Um, I'm sure I will be crunching film like a madman on uh, on Sunday after the draft and putting out some kind of podcast or something. But uh, it's going to be a good time. So, till next time, I appreciate all of you. I hope that you have enjoyed going with me on this journey. I hope you've gained some entertainment. Uh, Maybe you've learned a thing or two. 
Or maybe you're just like, hey, this Brian guy is an idiot and he has no idea what he's talking about. And why is he sitting in his living room yelling into a microphone? Because <laughs> there's only 20 or 30 people that are even going to listen to him and they just want to talk shit. So who knows? But either way, until next time, I appreciate you. And as always, go Niners. Go Niners.